I was going to go to blow up volleyballs and basketballs, but, you know, that's just me. teaching thing it's in the way of fun exercises <laughs> what could be more important than the edtech loop pod come on that's pretty cool. yes it should be fun good day and welcome to another potentially useful episode of the edtech loop podcast we have another special pod today as danielle and i are joined by myself founders ted kid zach garner and jeff bennett to catch back up with michigan esports but before we do, we've upgraded our sound card and headsets to better communicate this week's moment of Zen. Games are the most elevated form of investigation. All right, without further ado, let's get to Ted, Zach, and Jeff to discuss Michigan Esports. Do we want to do quick introductions here? Sure. I think I don't know if everybody knows everybody. Um, I'm Larry Burden. I'm the uh, uh, digital media guy for TCAPS, uh, creative services manager, I think is the Ooh, current I like title. It. Yeah, yeah. It changes all the time. And uh, this is Danielle. I'm ed tech coach for TCAPS. So I work with teachers on integrating tech in the classroom. So I am Jeff Bennett from Charlotte Public Schools. I'm the technology supervisor. I am Ted Kidd, uh, tech director. Uh, for technology operations at Pinckney Community Schools. And I'm Zach Garner. I'm the director for Perry Public Schools and the eSports advisor as well. Great. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. We have a lot of questions. Uh, Danielle, did you want to... I think we should just go. Um, you guys were on the uh, TCAPS Loop pod before talking about eSports. Um, and I'm just really excited to catch up with you and find out how things are going, how your season's going, just to get more information about this. Yeah, so so far um, we're into our winter season right now. We're coming up to it fairly shortly. So far it's been different than our first season. It's a different approach as far as uh, the characteristics of the gamers that we have and, and the kids. But overall it's been successful. Um, we've had a few hiccups here and there with a couple of things, but that's just kind of our, our learning curve that we're experiencing as a new organization going forward. But overall, I would say it's successful. We had almost a little over 300 kids oh, that's sign awesome. up and participate season. With this uh, second season that we're that we're running here, we are finding some challenges with um, a lot of teams that are doing rescheduling and um, a lot lot more forfeits than the first season. So those are the low points, I guess. And we're trying to work on uh, better, but we can't force a kid or a team into a, a match. <laughs> we're <laughs> sometimes hundreds of miles away from them and <laughs> there's it's sometimes hard to get their advisors on the you know in a communication so that we can say hey what's going on so anyway i i want to point out that there are some lows <laughs> along with the highs that we're we're doing one of the great positives is you don't have to deal with busing you don't have to do all that transportation and those type of logistics for this sport however if you have the kids on the bus you're pretty sure you're going to play the game <laughs> as opposed to we're just in the office and we really don't know what's happening over in the other gaming uh, gaming area. Uh, what other hiccups have you guys run into? I'm just kind of curious as a district that you know could be getting started in this, what are some of the pitfalls that you guys have found in this startup through the first season? Every district has financial burdens that they need to overcome. 
you know, some districts view it as just video games. So, you know, we're not going to spend any money on that. And they kind of push it off to an advisor to figure out, are we going to fundraise? You know, are we going to ask the, you know, for sponsorships? And funding just seems to be the number one major hurdle that any district has to overcome. The districts that actually fund esports, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. I think we all are uh, in a way because all of us have struggled uh, in one way or another to, you know, buy computers or even uh, share a lab. Sometimes a lot of the, some of the forfeits that came were or attendance or grades specific to some of the kids because we still ask that they maintain grades and attendance just like you would with any other sport. And some of those teams have, have fallen apart because half the team might not have the grades to be able to be able to continue to play or the attendance to be able to play as well. So we still ask that they follow those rules. When students don't have any skin in the game either, um, it's hard for them to get to show up. So, you know, I don't want to say this is the way to do it, but at Pinkney, we have a pay to participate fee. And it seems like kids that are really interested in esports, them or their parents will shell out the money and, they tend to show up, you know, we'll get the most interested kids um, doing it. However, the side of that is, is what do you do for the, the parents and students that can't afford that pay to participate fee? And that's where any free and reduced family, um, if they get free lunch at school, pay for free. If they get reduced, then we have a reduced rate for them. So we try to balance the, the funding for that just in terms of can the family afford it. Can you remind listeners again why this isn't just video games? What kind of benefits are kids getting from esports? They have the opportunity just to not just socialize with their peers, but they represent the school um, in non-traditional ways. So you always have you know the football, ball, the hockey, the soccer teams baseball teams, you know, they're the ones that, that get all the, the praise and the kudos for being on a team and, and representing their team, whether they win or lose. But with esports, we're hitting a demographic in the school that normally doesn't get touched. Um, and these kids might not have any connection to any other activity within the school. So they get to be part of a group, part of an organization where they're comfortable. There's team building that happens uh, with all these games. We try to, to do things that are uh, team-based, even with like Super Smash Brothers, where it's typically a solo 1v1 game mode. This upcoming season, we're trying to do it where it's uh, a team where you have two, two players versus two players. Students have to interact. And some students, when they're on computers, they just don't talk. <laughs> um, they shut down. Um, then they get immersed into the, the machine. But with esports, they're kind of forced into talking with each other and um, doing kind of normal social things <laughs> with, uh, between each other. Yeah, so that whole uh, there's no I in team kind of thing. Yeah, we have a lot of team building sizes that happen with our kids. Um, they're not always required to be at the computer practicing, but always working on their communications between each other. So there's a good time, you know, usually 15, 20 minutes after practice or game that they'll sit there and debrief with each other and, and break down what went right, what went wrong, how, the, how they can combat it or how they can fix it and, and get the things right. To go along that, there are opportunities for kids that, they, let's say they have an interest in the video games that are being played, but they just they don't like the competitive nature of it. Um, some schools are now offering uh, what's called shoutcasting. So they'll actually commentate a, a game that's being played because they know the game. And that teaches them a whole other side of esports, the 
the other jobs that esports could create. Whoa, that's so cool. There was a, I was, I was uh, doing some research, I know, shocking, doing some research yesterday um, on this topic, and there was a diagram of all the potential careers that were associated or could be associated with esports, and uh, uh, maybe 200. Uh, different careers and different pathways that if you were in, if you were interested in the sport, you could go into it, not just necessarily the the gaming aspect or the playing aspect, I should say, which is pretty exciting. How did you guys get involved in esports? Zach, you go first because you've been in it the longest. I've always been interested in video games and my coworker at the time also interested in video games. I think it kind of comes with the package when you're talking IT guys. A few years back, it was actually our superintendent at the time in Perry who said, hey, I see this esports thing coming down the road. You guys should figure out how to do this, how to start a team. And uh, we were like, yeah, that, that sounds great. We'll do that. We'll work on that. And he was like, no, I'm serious. You need to do this now. <laughs> uh, so that's what we did. And uh, we went out on it. We picked a room. We said, okay, all of the dreams that we had as children, you know, what would be awesome in a room? What would be like super cool, uh, super gaming themed? And that's what we did. Um, so our team has grown from a loose collective of like six students to being bigger than the football team in a matter of like three years. And uh, it was just kind of that vision. So this is not something that I expected to be doing even as of a couple of years ago. Um, but there's so much energy and so many people that are intrigued by esports and want to be part of it that it's kind of just like, it just pushes us along. I think I can say that for all of us, it's we kind of got sucked into it and now uh, now we're committed and we can't get out. <laughs> if you wanted yeah, to so, or not. So, so Jeff, tell your story about getting involved. So for us, uh, we, we always had a, a video game club, I guess, and they got together at lunch and we worked and played off of donated old, big, huge, heavy TVs and, and older console gaming. And it just kind of grew to the point where there was 40, 50 kids wanting to get into the room to where the fire marshal was like, no, you got to go in here. You, you got to go somewhere else and do something else. Uh, started expanding um, to the point where uh, last spring, Ted and, and Zach had put something out on um, directors that saw that and started working with our high school advisor that uh, is working with the kids as well and just connecting with them. And then we kind of just all got together and met and kind of grew from there to where we're at today. How about you, Ted? And uh, so when, uh, when we started the program at Pinckney, it was uh, not this past summer, but the summer prior, um, I had picked up uh, one of those district administration magazines that everybody gets in their mailbox. And I saw this article about esports, and I just said to everybody, you know, my technicians, uh, the co-director in our district, I said, hey, we could do this and it wouldn't take a whole lot for us to, to get started. So we started developing a plan. Um, six months later, we got our athletic uh, director and community education director uh, to buy the PCs, bought a couple of PS4s. Even before that, we, we did service to see, okay, what do you want to play? Just to see who's interested. And <laughs> it's funny, we had like 60 kids interested in playing until they found out, yeah, we're not going to play these, you know, rated M games because it's not school appropriate. But at the time, we got about 20 students to, to get involved. And we only played one season. And we thought, okay, 
this is going to grow. We sent out a survey before the end of the school year and just said, okay, who else is interested? This year we've had 35 or 40 kids sign up. I don't, I don't do the data stuff with the kids. I wish I had time to, but I don't, but we've essentially doubled our numbers and um, we've been fundraising. We, we haven't used any money from our district's general fund to get this going. And it's been through the support of our community, through fundraising, donations, uh, sponsorships that we've been able to do the things that districts are doing that do get funded from their general funds. And then we formed MICEF. <laughs> <laughs> and that tell, was, uh, yeah, tell us about and that takes up all of my extra time. So MICEF was formed like at the end of the last school year. And it was just a group of schools that were already playing in the esports realm for high schools. I think everybody I contacted did the uh, Lawrence Tech um, tournament where they play League of Legends in the spring. And um, I just wasn't happy with how, how the tournament was run. And sorry, Lawrence Tech. It didn't go as, as what I thought a a sport should be. So I reached out to Zach and Dylan. Um, I didn't know uh, Charlotte was doing anything with video games at the time. And then just down the street, we had Kensington Woods Charter School that said, hey, we're interested too. We'd like to get on board. So I think there was uh, a group of five of us that met at Pinckney and we were, <laughs> we were saying, okay, what do we do? How do we, how do we start this? And we just said, you know what? We're doing this. We're we're uh, we're going to uh, we're going to start a league and um, and we're going to make it free for schools, free for students, and if we have to pay for anything, it's going to come out of our pockets uh, to start with. And that's exactly what we've done. We hope to get sponsors. <laughs> Please, sponsors, come our way and, and help us. But it doesn't matter. You know, we've got such a passion to to help these kids. Uh, find their niche in school, find their niche in a future career, maybe find some um, scholarship money at colleges because colleges are now offering scholarships for eSports. Um, we have such a passion for that that it just doesn't matter how much we personally have to spend on this. We, we just want to make it happen. Yeah, we've been operating a lot off the uh, Zach Gardner and Ted Kidd Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, guys, is it is it just me or is esports really exploding right now? I feel like every single time I'm scrolling on Twitter, somebody is talking about my stuff or somebody, maybe it's just you guys, but but somebody is talking about my stuff and talking about the esports. And I know you have, there's a summit coming up. Like, can you talk about the explosion of esports in Michigan right now? We're at the start of something that is going to be huge. I think everybody sees that. And everybody is trying to get on board, whether they're interested in making a profit off of it, whether interested in the opportunities that will bring students, which is kind of the one that we're coming from. The Esports Summit that is run by McCall, who we all know, they're bringing in people from all across the country to kind of spark the scene here in Michigan. Um, there's been a little scattering of leagues starting up all over the place. Uh, it's not just in Michigan. In fact, I would say that the U.S. is probably pretty significantly behind a lot of other countries and a lot of other regions of the world. Uh, we're, we're playing catch-up. And even Michigan is playing catch-up in our own area, in the Great Lakes region, in the Midwest. Um, all of the states around us have already been doing this for multiple years. 
which actually was kind of surprising to me because I know we like to hate on the other states around us, but uh, they're kind of kicking our butts on the scene right now. So fortunately, though, we've been able to kind of build on their experiences and they've jumped a lot of hurdles that we've gone. Okay, sweet. You've already done this. So we're just going to take your advice and uh, we're going to go this way instead of going this way. You're about to see just absolute exponential growth in the esports scene. And um, that's kind of where, throwing back to our, our, our previous conversation a few minutes ago uh, with starting my stuff, we kind of saw this happening. We're like, okay, there, there's there's a couple companies. They're doing a whatever job, not what we wanted for our students. So we're like, this is the time to do this and do it right or somebody else is going to do it. And um, yeah, that's how we've got to where we are now. Are there some national connections that you're making or networking that's being done so you guys kind of are in the know with what's happening on, on a more global sense? I mean, what kind of resources are you using in your setup? Most of the outreach that we've done outside of the state of Michigan has been in the Midwest. We're kind of like in middle America. You kind of got California and like the East Coast. They're doing their own thing right now. And I'd say that's kind of where the start of esports in the U.S. has happened. Uh, there is a national organization called NASEF, and they're making some big waves, as happens a lot in the U.S. The red country has been left to their own devices. So um, we've talked a lot with especially the states around us. It's interesting because the states that have been doing this for a while are just starting to get really about the actual competitive aspect. Before, it was kind of like a club thing. And I'm not I'm not belittling what they did at all because they have done a very substantial job, um, especially Wisconsin and Ohio. I mean, they have really set the bar high for high school esports. E but at the same time, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, uh, Missouri, Texas, Iowa, all of these other states that have kind of really started up this year uh, we're, we're catching up using what they've built, and we're looking together at what this could look like beyond our states. Do we want to do a Midwest conference? Do we want to do a Great Lakes conference? Do we want to do a national or a world type thing? But I think all of us are still at the point where there's so much growth that has to happen in our own states and so much stuff that has to be figured out that we're not quite ready to take that step yet. So I think right now it's just kind of a loose conversation. What has been your biggest celebration so far with esports and with my stuff? Well, I would have to say that it's the number of schools that we have registered. We're up to 48 schools across the state. We got schools in the UP that are interested. We actually have one signed up in the UP. It's just amazing to see when you go to our website, you can see all the little dots where all the schools are registered. And it's across the whole state. And to think that, you know, six months ago, eight months ago, we didn't have but a handful of dots. And now we're up to 48. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in northern uh, Michigan right now because there's not a lot of dots in our area, surprisingly. That's okay. They'll get there. Um, and when we had our first playoff, I, I think having a successful playoff was, in my opinion, our biggest celebration because we ran a full season and it culminated at Northwood University and everybody, I think every school that had a team came to the playoff at that time and everybody had a great time. Um, we had comments after the fact that, that students really missed being at the playoffs. Um, and it, it happened for like several weeks afterwards. So I, would, I just want to say that was by far the, the best time that I've had doing esports in this myself. I've got one more thing to add. Um, I think 
something that we dreamed about from the beginning and talked about, but didn't maybe expect to see come to fruition so soon is the fact that we're actually building a community here in Michigan. Uh, I didn't know any of these guys a year ago. Um, I had made of Ted's name because we had once about something tech related or something like that. But now we're on first name basis, base basis, bases with all the coaches, um, the students. Have you guys talked about discord at all? So the students are in the MySeps Discord, which is a moderated chat room, completely focused on the league and the games that they play. So we're seeing a lot of discussion between students that have never seen each other, never met each other, and they're talking about strategies, they're talking about new character releases and all that kind of stuff. It's awesome to see a community being formed with the region being Michigan. A lot of that, a lot of times that conversation never happens at a local level. It, it's always either school because that's who they every day or it's just whoever online. For me, that is an awesome aspect to see forming and the connections alone that I've made now with people that I never knew before. It's super impactful, I think. Zach, I think that's super cool, too, because I feel like anytime you can have kids in a positive online community, you're showing them how to act appropriately and how to have those conversations online in a, I mean, just a constructive way, that digital citizenship aspect. Yeah, yeah I was going to say digital citizenship. That's exactly 100% what it is. And um, typically, these conversations are anonymous. Anonymity fuels toxicity. Uh, and that's something that we're trying very, very hard to change in the minds of our students. The toxicity is not okay, even if in just a basic conversation with somebody else. Um, and I, I will say that the students, once you have set the expectations, uh, seem to be very open to that. Somebody just needs to step up and say, this is how it needs to look. This is how you need to act. That is so awesome that that culture is, you know, I, I guess you don't want to say necessarily changing, but what a great way to actually come at it from inside that area where I don't think many people would associate um, the start of digital citizenship with gamers, with gamers, <laughs> but that's re really where it yeah. should start. Um, what kind of parent involvement have you seen happening in your, in the sport? So for us as Charlotte, we actually had a parent um, come in and, and donate some items for the students to be able to use. They bought up, I think like 10 headsets is about 200 bucks, 250 bucks. And the kids were just ecstatic. I mean, this is a, a parent that came to us and said, my kid didn't have a whole lot of friends before this group was here and just always came home and played the video games. But now they're coming home and doing other things at home because they're getting that playtime in a structured, controlled environment at the school with their friends and being able to be successful with it and still be competitive with it. And it's been good for the parent and the kid to have a better interaction with themselves at home. And so she was like, it was it was nothing to go out and spend 250 bucks to donate to the school for, for the kids. I'll chime in next. Um, at, at our school, we've actually had a parent group kind of come together. And I don't know if they want to be a, like a booster type group or just help us kind of guide and uh, steer where the where the program goes, you know, coordinating fundraisers and um, they've written letters to the superintendent, high school principal and after to advocate for the students to get a uh, varsity letter, which just happened. We just had that approved uh, at our school. Oh, awesome. So now 
because of parent involvement, uh, we now are able to give a varsity letter to our esports uh, students. That's amazing. Where can a, a parent watch their student perform or engage in the uh, the activity? It's not like they can go to the you know the football field or the soccer field or you know how does that how does that type of engagement happen? At Pingney, we've we set up a streaming uh, workstation where um, we can stream one game at a time um, and which is kind of a bummer because sometimes we have uh, two groups of kids uh, playing at the same time. So we always alternate um, which group gets to be streamed on which days of the week. And it has turned out pretty good. The problem we're having though is, (laughs) and we do stream to Twitch. uh, The problem is getting a student to not so shy that they can get on the microphone and actually say what's going on in the game and kind of give the introductions and, all the students that we've approached, um, we've just made a general announcement to say, hey, who wants to do this? Nobody's really come forward. We could try it, but he wasn't feeling it. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but streaming, there's Twitch, there's Mixer. It just seems like every there's every social media platform has a streaming service. As long as you're comfortable getting into one of those streaming services and having the, the stream on a regular basis. So we do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Thankfully, all of our matches are at four o'clock, or they should be. Um, uh, it makes it easy to say, "Okay, parents, here's where you can watch. You know, this group to you know Tuesday, this group on Thursday," um, and that makes it super easy for parents to jump on and 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 see what their kids are doing. I just wish uh, we could tell them, "Okay, <laughs> this is the." This is the student that plays this guy here, uh, you know, and all that stuff. But one day we'll get there. Now you guys yeah. have some future yeah. um, presentations coming up. Like I know you're going to be at McCall. Um, where else? Where else can we see you to learn more about this? We're trying to hit as many of the ed tech conferences and stuff as our time will permit. McCall is definitely one of them. We'll be there on Thursday. We'll be at the Great Lakes Esports Summit. We get a lot of hits on our website from people that are curious updates on how they can start and uh, we have no problem sitting down uh, just like we are now talking to a new team a new coach a prospective school Um, anybody that wants to know more about esports or get involved uh, we try to have a a face-to-face conversation with them it's just a lot more personal than like an email chain do you have wired tc on your radar don't forget august 10th we would love to have you guys come back. Uh, you guys were the first uh, conference we went to to present for esports, so I think it's kind of like our our home away from home, kind of. Ah. You know, you you got us started. <laughs> Yay! But you cannot deny that McCall is the biggest and baddest in Michigan. Uh, we would be doing a disservice to the esports community by not going there and, and presenting. One hundred percent. I'm going to come see you there. Um, so remind us where we can go to to learn more to connect with you. You can go to our website, which is mysef.org. M i h s e f dot org. Is there anything else that you guys would like to? Uh... To get out there, I'd like to say that um, our winter season is coming to a close, and the winter playoffs will be at Aquinas College in Grand Rapids on March 21st. It's uh, it starts at 9 a.m. and we go. We only want to go until about five or six, but we will go until all the games get played, and we will also be at uh, the McCall Conference on Thursday again, and the Great Lakes Eat Sports Summit by McCall is Saturday right after. Um, We have several presentations on the Saturday 
date, and we only have one presentation at McCall the, at the main conference, which is on the Thursday, Thursday right? Uh, we got our spring season that's coming up here too soon with uh, Rocket League and uh, Smash Duos, so we're looking forward to that season as well. Sign-ups should start here fairly soon. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks for having us. Good luck on the spring season. Thank, Thank you. you. Tech Tool of the Week. Um, Tech Tool of the Week. I just want to remind everyone that Digital Learning Day is coming up um, Thursday, February 27th. Uh, it's pretty interesting, this Digital Learning Day. Um, it started as a way to actively spread innovative practices and just to ensure that all youth have access to high-quality digital learning opportunities no matter where you live because, as we know, this stuff kind of typically happens in pockets. So anything you can do to connect the people who are innovating and who are stepping outside the box, it's a good thing. So um, ISTE has a great blog that they have a ton of Digital Learning Day resources, so things like to help teachers with copyright law or to help uh, teachers with coding and computational thinking or how do you do a digital citizenship and digital literacy in the classroom. There's just some really cool stuff happening. So I want to recommend to go to the ISTE blog and then also to check on Facebook and Twitter, hashtag DLDAY. So DL day, um, find out the things people are learning for digital learning day, because it's not just happening on February 27th, believe it or not. So connect with others who are doing it. Very cool. Uh, tutorials and updates. Do we have any Wired TC things going on? Oh, I have a ton of Wired TC things going on. Um, I will tell you that I just got a giant donation from Presidio uh, that um, the boxes that they were in weighed 400 pounds. So I'm not going to tell you what is in those wow. donation boxes yet, but um, donations are coming in. Keynote speakers are being booked and um, Wired TC, August 10th here in Traverse City, Michigan. Cannot wait. Um, uh, I demand answers. Gosh darn it. They're What's coming. your favorite game? My favorite game? Yeah. Well, I'm old school. We have a Wii. I really like to play Mario Kart. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> I think that counts. All right. Um, so, uh, What's your favorite game? You can't just pass that on I to me. I can absolutely do that. I'm a, I'm a soccer guy. I'm a FIFA all, the, all day. Um, what's your favorite game out there? I mean, we should all, I'll be playing games. Uh, you know, it's fun. It's a, actually a great learning experience. It was funny when we were going through at the start of our, our interview um, with the uh, MySeF guys, I was thinking about the ISTE standards and how many of those standards are represented in the uh, esports. So, man, learning through failure too. That's a that's a big thing that yeah, happens when collaboration, you're collaboration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of failure. <laughs> I was actually watching some of those some of the games, uh, some of the streams, and I'm like, uh, I'd be feeling a lot. <laughs> so, in, in closing, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at tcapsloop at Brostrom DA. Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, Overcast, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Leave a review. We love the feedback. Thank you for listening and inspiring. We need an access point in here. Can I tell?